Thank you listeners so much for joining us for another episode of the Stories Station. This is Kay McCoy, your host, and today we are joined by none other than Monique Fisher. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm I'm okay, I think. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> But it's just, it's the seasons are changing and, you know, trying not to get sick. That's key. So, yeah, yeah apparently something's in retrograde. That's all I keep seeing on Twitter. <laughs> like, Listen, I have no idea what this means, but okay. <laughs> everything is in retrograde. Books, people, it's all in, it's all in the air. <laughs> so before we continue, go ahead, let people know who you are, what it is that you write and all that good stuff. Okay, well, my name is Monique Fisher. Um, I am a writer, obviously. <laughs> I've been writing since I was 10 years old, and I finally decided to try to do it professionally in college, first as a playwright, then as a screenwriter, then as a television writer, and now as a novelist and comic book writer. Um, uh, me and a group of African-American writers and artists formed an organization called the BFCC, the Black Females Comic, Black Female Comics Collab. And, <laughs> there you go. Um, <laughs> it's a lot to say. <laughs> but <laughs> it was, it's important. <laughs> it is important. It, was, it includes myself, um, my friend Allison, my friend Natasha, my friend Bree, and we have lots of very talented artists and all, we all come from the U.S. and Canada. And we formed, I believe, about two years ago, and we're working on a comic book anthology at the moment. Oh, wow. Um, I was a theater major in college. <laughs> uh, I've, uh, I live in Los Angeles, born and raised, uh, native, native Angelino, which apparently I'm like a unicorn because most people who say I'm from L.A. It's usually transplants that have been here for a decade or more because mm-hmm. I've actually met people who when I told them I was born and raised here they were just like there's people that are actually from LA yeah. like, yeah. <laughs> it's like imagine that <laughs> yeah it's I guess everybody's uh, assumption is that the majority of Los Angeles is um, comprised of tourists and transplants which is probably true but, yeah. um, I mean yeah. it makes sense <laughs> yeah apparently. I'm, I'm a leprechaun and a unicorn because I was born and raised in Los Angeles and I don't drive you know what good for you because I can only imagine what driving in that spot could be I personally I don't like driving either um but again that's mostly due to my travels because everywhere I went they had great transportation systems and I'm gonna stop right there because that could end up becoming my own little vent like (laughs) TED talk because in the U.S. y'all ain't got none of that but we we just gonna keep it moving (laughs) yeah I know Oh, and uh, other cities are worse than others because, you know, Los Angeles is so spread out. Mm -hmm. Uh, LA is basically every city within LA County and the city of LA itself. That's basically LA. Yeah. (laughs) So I can say I like the actual city that I live in, but Mm -hmm. it's within LA County. So I can still just say, oh, I live in LA and it's still Mm -hmm. true. That's kind of how it works. But, you know, I've been to San Francisco numerous times. I've taken the BART and it was super convenient. Mm-hmm. I've been to Chicago. Their trains were very, very convenient and quick and fast. But like as a major city, when it comes to public transportation, Los Angeles is seriously lacking. For it, Listen, not only Los Angeles, but there are lots of places in the U.S. and I could, I could literally do a whole 
a whole report on that, but we, we're not. But I think that's good for people to know, especially if someone is writing about a story that takes place in LA, like that is key information. And I need to know, what is that like writing, not only writing like an actual story, but you're also working on a comic book anthology. That is in itself is really dope. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> it's it's crazy because um, whenever I think about some of the stuff that I've done over the past two years, I'm like, I kind of did a lot. And yeah. it's, it's, it's easy to lose sight of that. And that's something that I want people to really take away from this is give yourself some grace. I really need to do that myself because when the pandemic started and mm -hmm. I was able to work from home where it actually gave me a lot more time to write. Mm -hmm. and um, I wrote a graphic novel called Susan Keem, which has been published by Macroverse Media, which is, it, you can kind of compare it to like Webtoons. Mm -hmm. It's a subscription um, digital comic book company, and myself and the very talented artist Jackie Smith, shout out to Jackie. Hey, she shout out. <laughs> um, a graphic novel, um, two, first two issues of a graphic novel with Macroverse. Mm -hmm. And once I'm done doing uh, releasing where there is smoke, there is fire. That's my upcoming novel. <laughs> I'm releasing that and doing a lot more promo and marketing for that. I have to get back together with Jackie and we got to work on that because it's actually been a while since we met up. So that's also something that's kind of on the back burner. For, mm. It's been on the back burner for a minute. And but then, that happens all the time. You You start one thing and then a new idea emerges or you hear about something else and your brain just takes off in that direction. And you're like, but but what about this project? We'll get back to it. <laughs> well, yeah, it's not yeah. even really just that, but it's also the fact that, oh, okay, we're kind of like stalled right now. We're not mm -hmm. really, okay, we're, okay, well, you know, I'm sure Jackie has, Jackie is an incredibly talented audience, so I'm sure she has lots of work uh, mm -hmm. that's coming in, even though right now our book is kind of, you know, on pause, but yeah, I mean, these things happen. So for now, I'm focused on uh, where there is smoke. I, um, my next book that I want, that I'm planning on releasing, putting it out there <laughs> on the next year, <laughs> I want to release a book a year. Mm -hmm. It's going to be the intro into my rom-com universe mm -hmm. I, that I told you guys about, which is. When you say like, you guys, you, you want to let them know, like, yes, are you talking I, about, uh, <laughs> you talking about I, the I, listeners I, or are you talking about me? <laughs> I have um, a writer's group that I started a few months back mm -hmm. that Miss McCoy is a part of, and we meet up every Sunday at 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Mm -hmm. And we meet for about an hour and a half and we just talk shop. We talk about, we pitch our ideas. We get, give each other feedback. We give each other encouragement. I started it because I wanted to find a safe space. Mm -hmm. I saw a lot of the uh, women that I follow. I follow a lot of incredibly talented, intelligent black women who um, are romance writers and who are editors and who are readers and, you know, a lot of them were kind of lamenting about, you know, not really feeling like they had a space to just relax and be themselves mm -hmm. and or a safe space with other writers, because writing is such an isolating thing. You're just doing it by yourself. And you, a lot of them were saying, you know, I rarely get to meet other Black women writers unless I'm doing like a conference or a Q&A or something. Yeah. That got me to thinking, okay, well, we need a safe space. Let me go ahead and start one. Mm 
Mm-hmm. So it's been going really well. We get about five to eight people that come every week. And yeah, it's just us talking about writing, what we're reading, mm-hmm. what we're watching. We talk about food. We talk about all kinds of stuff. And um, I think it's done a, a lot of good. And I'm very proud of it. And I'm very happy that um, I was able to provide this for people um, like me, you know, Black yes. and write romance novels. And we appreciate you for it because so many of us have said that. And it takes a few, a few good ones to say, okay, I'll start. I'll do it myself. I'll, I'll lead it. And that's the hard part is we want the space. But then when it comes time to actually setting it up and keeping it running and being consistent, that part is hard. So I salute you. And I thank you for keeping that, that torch lit for us because we do need more spaces like that for us to go in and talk and lament and celebrate each other it's not all just going there and saying oh this happened and I'm mad no we we uplift each other in the group and we create stuff hopefully but <laughs> we'll see how that works out. <laughs> we'll see how that last part works out I mean she pitched <clears throat> her idea and we all helped her with it and she was super excited about it so yeah I can't wait to see what comes out of that but mm-hmm. I also, let me make this clear, uh, currently everybody who's in the group is a Black woman, but if you are a Black romance and erotica writer, uh, no matter the gender, you are welcome. Mm-hmm. We welcome everybody. Mm-hmm. It just so happens that at the moment, it's all Black women. Mm-hmm. So, um, and it's great. It's nice. But, you know, we definitely are open to everyone, um, mm-hmm. you know, male, female, trans, non-binary if you are a Black romance and erotic writer, please, please join us 11 a.m. to 12.30 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're a really fun group. I think you'll like us. <laughs> yeah, we are. We mostly end up talking about food. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I think it's so fitting. I think that is so fitting as writers because we always have to talk about what fuels us and we need to eat. So <laughs> there's so many romance books centered around food. I don't mind so it. Many. <laughs> we keep that reading them and we keep writing them. Like necessarily the main yeah. thing, like you know, every character owns a restaurant or something, <laughs> but food does play an important role in like all my books. See, and... I immediately thought of Jessica Terry when you said that. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Lord, her stories, I'm telling you. that is, She's another author that joins us uh, in the in the chat as well. And her books are incredible. So if you guys get a chance, hopefully you can check them out. Hopefully we'll get her on the podcast. We'll see. But go ahead. You were talking, I'm sorry, you were talking about your books. And I just got yeah. off topic. <laughs> it's okay. Um, but I was, I think I left off at, I want to release a book a year. And, mm-hmm. you know, I have um, the next book that I'm going to release next year is the intro into my rom-com universe. Um, it's kind of like my version of the MCU where <laughs> um, I don't, I'm, I'm not going to have direct sequels, but I am going to have like spinoffs and tie-ins and Easter eggs where you're like, oh, this gets mentioned in that book and oh, it makes an appearance in this book and blah, blah, blah and stuff like that. And uh, a lot of the places that I'm, uh, pretty much all the places that I'm including and even some of the streets are fictional. Mm-hmm. So I, that calls for a lot of world building. And yes. world building is a lot of work, but I love doing it because mm-hmm. it's like I'm creating a whole universe and people are going to read it and that's yeah. that's really exciting so I'm I'm definitely looking forward to that but first things first my debut novel <laughs> where there is smoke there is fire did you like that segue um, I love that 
that that's professional right there <laughs> right in there <laughs> it comes out November 23rd I'm so excited I just like right before we met mm-hmm. I um sent out my newsletter which has the cover reveal the cover was done by the talented and amazing Lenny Kaufman shout out to Lenny she is her covers are the just perfection I just kiss that's all I can say so um her name is Lenny Kaufman mm-hmm. L-E and is a Nancy I-K-A-U-F-F-M-A-N check out her work she's done covers for Olivia Dade uh Mimi Grace uh she's done covers for a lot of us and mm-hmm. her, uh, her work is just impeccable so yeah shout out I know I'm best, <laughs> but I, I love my covers, so I just no. I you, <laughs> listen, if you don't rep your covers, how you expect anybody else to rep them covers? Exactly. So I'm here for it, I, and I love shoutouts because we need to know. Like, yes, readers sometimes want to know, okay, who did your cover? But also, we get a lot of authors that listen to the podcast. So yeah, shout shout out who you work with. That's the ultimate compliment, right there. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> okay i'm gonna be doing a lot of shout outs (laughs) (laughs) but before like you get into more shout outs i want to hear more about this this debut novel where there's smoke there's fire because i hear the name and i'm immediately drawn to thinking about either food or something kind of not sinister but maybe suspense but i'm trying to figure out how does that tie into what what you have in mind Well, it's not, it's not suspense. It is an adult contemporary novel. And um, I was toying with the idea of the epic love story. And oftentimes it feels like the epic love story we, it usually ends up being like historical romance mm-hmm. or something. And that's all well and good. I love a good historical romance. But I wanted to do one that was contemporary. So you have this epic love story between these two people who meet have a embark on a casual relationship and then end up falling in love mm-hmm. so um the basic premise is that this is the after the happily ever after so we see them get together um we see them fall in love we see them get married have children and it follows them over the span of 15 years so i was okay, just hey kind of, that's that grown love right there <laughs> yeah so i was just kind of fascinated with what happens after the happily ever after? Mm-hmm. How do you keep the happily ever after going? And so I wanted to write a book that reflected that. Mm-hmm. And the smoke comes from that's the nickname of our male protagonist. His name is Aaron uh, Smoke Tompkins. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we meet him, he is just, you know, enjoying being in his 20s, having his own place. Um, his mother owns the house that he lives in because it belonged to his grandmother and his mom kicked him out when he was 18 because he kept getting into trouble and she said just so that I know where you are you're going to live in that um, your grandmother's old house and you're going to pay me rent for it so (laughs) he lives in his grandmother's old house and as you can imagine he's a 20 year old who has his own place and he's also a very good looking guy so um, (laughs) when the book starts he's just you know he has women like on speed dial basically oh my god (laughs) and the ultimate hoe yeah (laughs) and um when we meet Kara she's you know good girl straight a student on the track team getting ready to go to USC you know um 
her mom was dealt a devastating blow when her father left and Kara still holds a lot of anger towards him because of it. And uh, not long after that, she finds out that her um, boyfriend is cheating on her. So she's very, very guarded at mm-hmm. the beginning. So he is not the relationship type. He has, you know, his share of women to come over and satisfy him and for him to like go over to their house and stuff. He has a nice little arrangement going and she's just not trying to get into anything right now. So they're both kind of guarded when it comes to being in a relationship, mm-hmm. but he turns over quicker than she does because <laughs> <laughs> I love a good story where the man falls first or the man mm-hmm. falls hardest. Cause that just, that's, that's just swoon stuff right there. Yeah, now you, now you speak in my language. <laughs> so yeah he like gets interested like in pursuing something more than just physical but he realizes this is all she's willing to give me right now so I'll take it Mm -hmm. and you know they go through I don't want to give too much away but you know they go through something that you know tests their relationship early on and the fact that they're able to get past it it's like they both kind of mutually agree okay we got through this we got this Mm-hmm. you and me we got this and we just we followed them over the course of you know the next um, 15 years and see how they grow as individually and as a couple oh, and wow. there's a lot of really great secondary characters in there my favorite is Janae mm-hmm. um, Kara is the female protagonist and Janae is her best friend mm-hmm. Janae was going to be a cisgendered woman but as I was writing it I noticed a lot of tweets about murdered trans sisters and I just I was like you know what I'm gonna put them I'll put a transgender woman in my story and make sure that she gets a happily ever after even though she's not the main protagonist uh, she is a secondary character and she's an important character but I'm still gonna make give her a happily ever after and how was that because you when you were writing it you felt inspired to include that so some would say oh you're just trying to tick off something on a box how was that writing for someone that is completely opposite of you in the in that way um well trans women are women so I just wrote Janae as a woman there you go that listen I tried to make it complicated y'all it's not that complicated it's not So thank you. I I can't wait for more people to read that and and hear the discussion about that. Yeah. Yeah, I just, I wanted to um, portray her in a manner that was honest, but also respectful, Mm -hmm. which is why I got a sensitivity reader who is a Black trans woman. Mm -hmm. Shout out to Jules. Um, And I'm actually going to be sending it to her on the 30th so oh to get her feedback yeah Yeah. to get her feedback I look forward to her notes look forward to uh, what she thinks and what she thinks can make the book stronger Mm -hmm. because I'm I'm one of those weird writers who loves revisions I love doing revisions (laughs) you're not weird but yeah you 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 special (laughs) let me explain why (laughs) Uh, like I said I majored in theater when I was in college Mm -hmm. and um rehearsals were always my favorite process because not only did I got get to hang out with my friends Mm -hmm. but we were making the play stronger that's what a rehearsal does it tightens up the performance and it makes it stronger Mm -hmm. and my theater geek brain 
That's what revisions do. They tighten up the book and they make it stronger. Mm-hmm. To me, revisions are rehearsals. And when your book comes out, that's opening night. That's just how my brain works. I love that. And I, I love that as a because again, I'm I'm stepping into the world of editing. So I love hearing that because I know a lot of authors don't like edits, but you have to remember the rough draft is you telling the story to yourself. So you have this story that you are working on and you're getting ready for the world and you want it to be at its best when it debuts. So being able to look at revisions that way and rewrites that way, I think that would make you a better writer, a better storyteller even. So thank you for sharing that because I know somebody listening right now is probably like, that's good stuff. Let me write that down. (laughs) (laughs) The next time they get, you know, critique or like edits from their editor, I think that will be good sound advice for them. And wow, I love that. That, I, I love that analogy. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah. Glad to be of self. <laughs> like, no, like I'm doing revisions right now after getting my, um, n- getting notes back from my beta reader. Another shout out. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Mika James. Hi, Mika. <laughs> hey. She's um, a brilliant writer, part of Word Makers. Shout out to Word Makers too. <laughs> Tasha, Chris, D, uh, Mia, Cora, Fortune, Gabby. Mm-hmm. The whole crew. Anyways, uh, <laughs> Mika is an amazing author and she also has other services that she offers and beta reading is one of them. Mm-hmm. And she is incredibly thorough. She will give you, she'll ask questions. She'll um, give you thorough notes. And she even sent me a few links to articles that she thought would um, help be helpful to make the book stronger. Because um, uh, I write in third person. Mm-hmm. And uh, it can be really tricky to be in the character's head when writing in third person. It's easier to just say, you know, I did such and such and such and such because, yes. you know, in first person. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't know why, but writing in first person kind of scares me. So I don't think I'm ready yet. <laughs> but, um... <laughs> Take that leap. You got this. You got it. it. sounds like you have the dream team that you need to get your work out there. So take a chance. Give it a shot. I'm actually, I, I do agree with you, though. I, I feel like writing in first pace, it's almost like, listening to like a cassette like a cd like an old school cd like it's really fast like it feels like someone speed like they sped up everything whereas with third person okay i get to enjoy this music it's not too fast not too slow (laughs) so i get you on the being afraid or being hesitant to write in first person but i i i'm looking forward to hearing what people have to say about this story because you like you said most people just they get to the happily ever after or the happily ever after for now and that's where their book ends but your book goes deeper than that and I think that is a story worth telling so thank you (laughs) thank you I just I thought it would be a really interesting idea and um there are times where I'll finish a book that I really enjoyed and I would feel like is there not like another epilogue yeah (laughs) <laughs> we like know what they're what's going on that's part of the reason why for my rom-com universe because right now where there's smoke there's fire i'm just letting you out so i know right now it's a standalone, mm-hmm. it's a standalone and you tell them right now before they read it and ask for more yeah <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it is a standalone and um it's kind of like my intro here's my voice here's who i am mm-hmm. and it's a book that i'm incredibly proud of because i started writing it 
two years ago and I'm excited for people to read it and I'm excited for people to hopefully love it and enjoy it and mm-hmm. enjoy it as much as I enjoyed writing it oh. um but like for my rom-com universe that's why I have like I'm gonna have like you know cameo appearances and stuff like that because it's like oh we get to see what they're doing now because <laughs> <laughs> that's something that I always really like kind of crave whenever I'm reading a book I just want to know okay I I love this this couple but can can someone so make an appearance or something because I, I I love stuff like that yeah I'm one of those people where like easter eggs were created for people like me because <laughs> I I love that and I'm a comic book nerd <laughs> so I'm always looking for the easter eggs I'm always like checking stuff like uh when the MCU has the mid-credit scene and the end credit scene <laughs> you, you literally sit and wait movie, you're like that. I'm so, waiting because I know it's coming <laughs> yeah so I'm I'm not I'm that person so (laughs) no I know another author who is doing something very similar to that and I can't say who it is because it's it's privileged information and I want to keep that that line of communication open with them but yeah I I am so happy to hear that you are doing that and like throughout your your romance series like you'll be giving people easter eggs along the way because that to me is just it makes my heart smile (laughs) Like, I love that stuff because especially when the story is that good, people want more of it. So that gives them something to look forward to as they get to know you as an author, which is really a cool way to introduce yourself to people. I know we are, as authors, we have to find ways to like market ourselves and establish our brand. And I think that's a great way to do that. So thank you. <laughs> For y'all authors out there listening, I, I hope y'all taking notes because... <laughs> You got a lot of good advice coming out of this one. <laughs> and how how was it finding like people to work with as you started out your your writer's journey? I mean, I know you have things set up for your comic book and things like that, but what was that like as a writer for you finding people to work with? Yeah, it's it's crazy how like this whole writing thing, the people I've met and mm-hmm. the interactions I've had because I, I went to Cal State LA. Shout out to the Golden Eagles. <laughs> I was in the theater arts and dance department and my playwriting teacher was a gentleman named Jose Cruz Gonzalez. I, the moment I knew that I needed to be doing this professionally was we had to write a one act play. Mm-hmm. And when we, that was part of our, um, our grade and each of us would cast it with people in the class and they would basically do a staged reading of it. And I remember the person who went before me, her play, everybody, everybody was bored. Everybody was bored to tears. Oh no. <laughs> and I felt so bad for her, but at the same time, I was just like, oh my God, my play's next. <laughs> <laughs> like, what am I gonna do? <laughs> yeah. And um after the reading of my play which it was called the mighty adventures of john sledge and it was basically i'm gonna get you sucker but in play form it was a satire yes. on black exploitation movies wow and after mine everybody turned and was smiling at me and they were it was like a thunderous applause and oh, i was wow. like okay I need to figure out a way to make money doing this. (laughs) Playwrights are like the ones who people in the theater arena who make the least amount of money. (laughs) (laughs) So 
I think the people who make the most amount of money, by the way, are stage managers. And mm. stage managers are basically what a showrunner is on a TV show. Yeah. That's what a stage manager is for a play. <laughs> so they're the ones who put out fires and who make sure that the play goes smoothly every single night and they get paid really good money to do so. Because it's not easy. You pull it off successfully it once. My, and... For my stage writing, well, yeah. stage management class, I had to stage manage the show, and it's. <laughs> I, I was like, okay, I, I can, I cannot do this. <laughs> but um, the funny thing is that even though I was uh, writing these plays, I also realized I kind of want to maintain control. Mm-hmm. So that's why being a self-published indie author is perfect for me because. Uh, the way that I maintained control was by directing them. Mm-hmm. So I would write plays and then direct them. And then pretty soon I had friends who were like, oh, Monique's a really good director. Um, mm-hmm. And so I had friends ask me to direct their one woman shows. And I directed a 24 hour play cycle where somebody writes a play, it gets cast, it gets rehearsed and it gets performed all within 24 hours. I assistant directed uh, plays for um, the Pasadena Playhouse, which I worked at at one point, and A Noise Within, which at the time was based in Glendale, but they're now based in Pasadena. Mm-hmm. And they do classical plays like Shakespeare. And um, so, yeah, I started, I decided, okay, playwriting and directing, that's something that I can do. Mm-hmm. And then after a while, my interest started to change and I started to be, um, interested in television writing i swear this rant is going somewhere Um, no it's not a rant this is part of your journey and i did ask for that at the very beginning so (laughs) continue (laughs) um anyways i decided to try my hand at television writing Mm -hmm. i thought screenwriting would be the thing but that only that it only lasted a few months and then i discovered television writing Mm -hmm. and this is one of the blessings of living in los angeles like if you are um a novelist and you're listening to this and you want to like try your hand at screenwriting or try your hand at television writing um I suppose there are ways that you can do it if you live outside of Los Angeles or in, in, even in another state mm-hmm. but it really does help to live here because there are tons of classes that are based out here and a lot of them admittedly over uh, the past two years have become you know virtual mm-hmm. But it, it does really help to be out here. You don't have to be. I'm sure there's ways around it. But for the most part, just about every single person that I know who is a television writer lives out here. But I was taking a television writing class called Script Anatomy, which is ran by these two lovely women who are writing partners named Tanya Bhattacharya. And oh, God, Tanya, I hope I didn't butcher your name. I'm so sorry. And, um, <laughs> and Ali Leventhal. And um, they are amazing because they're actual working television writers. Mm -hmm. And so they run their class like um, a writer's room. Mm -hmm. And that's actually how I met my friend Natasha. And um, Natasha is a brilliant genre writer. And she and I both were like, you know, we love sci-fi and fantasy and stuff like that. And we had a class together and I decided that I wanted to write a a graphic novel, but I wanted to have a co-writer because I know how huge of an undertaking writing a graphic novel is. Mm -hmm. And I thought about it and I thought, Natasha's a brilliant writer and I would love to work with her. And so Natasha and I have basically been writing partners 
let's see, we met in 2014. I think we became writing partners at about 2016. Mm -hmm. So yeah, we've been writing partners for six years. And we wrote a comic book together. And I don't know when this is going to happen. It will <laughs> but happen. But it's in the works. <laughs> it's in the works. <laughs> Natasha and I are planning on writing a graphic novel series. That's a fantasy series. That's basically our version of Game of Thrones. Like Game of Thrones, but with Black folks. <laughs> so, uh, that's, um, that's something that we have in the pipeline. <laughs> I'm not sure when, because I'm busy and she's busy as well. She works on a show that's on Hulu. If you follow her, um, uh, it's Natasha Peyton Hall. Mm -hmm. so if you follow her, you, you'll find out what show she writes for. But she did um, write for Netflix, um, the show Virgin River. So if you watch Virgin River, season four, episode five, Natasha wrote that. <laughs> and season four, episode 10, she co-wrote that. So there you go. There you go. So I hope that makes up for me not remembering her Hulu show. <laughs> hey, and you know what? That's honestly, it's a little bit more specific. <laughs> <laughs> because you gave them like the actual episodes to watch but for like you said it's easier for those that want to break into this as a profession if they live in LA but what about people like you said there are some classes that are virtually are there any other tips or advice that you can give someone who may be going back and forth maybe they are a writer or a writer or an author and they want to give screenwriting a go or they want to learn more about writing for theater what what avenues would you suggest they pursue? Well, for one thing, Google. Google is your friend. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you want to become a screenwriter, I cannot recommend Script Anatomy enough. Mm -hmm. I cannot recommend that enough. It's worth the money. And you got to think of it as an investment and you're investing in yourself. Mm-hmm. So, and also you can always talk to Tanya and Allie about like some sort of a payment plan. They're both really cool and they're both really cognizant of the fact that, you know, writers are, tend to be, we tend to be broke. <laughs> so they, they are both very aware of that and they'll <laughs> definitely work with you. Mm -hmm. uh, but I, I can't recommend Script Anatomy enough. Um, there was also another class that I took. Oh my God, I'm forgetting the name. I'm forgetting the name of the writers group I was in. Because there's so many, it's easy there's to so forget. There's so many that are in LA that is kind <laughs> of hard to remember them all. But I think all of them helped to make me a stronger writer. And I think that writing in different, um, I guess, genres or mm -hmm. different styles. AKA first person. <laughs> uh, well, first person and also writing screenplays, writing Mm -hmm. uh, stage plays writing um comic books writing novels mm -hmm. knowing how to write in various different uh, mediums or various different formats is mm -hmm. also incredible to uh because it's like you're you're strengthening a muscle mm -hmm. and like oh I can write a comic book no problem I can write a comic book script I can write a screenplay in a comic book script isn't that different from a screenplay there's some formatting differences but other than that it's not really that different and then um it, it's just like how my brain works like a play is almost like a screenplay and a novel had a baby because there's a lot more wordiness <laughs> to a play than there is a screenplay but at the same time 
you know, there's uh there can be various um wordiness in a screenplay <laughs> as well, depending on who the uh, writer is. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's a whole lot of wordiness in a novel. So like the varying degrees and formats and stuff, and knowing how to write that all of those things, it definitely helps. It helps yeah. with you know, like strengthening that writing muscle. I highly recommend it. I just kind of fell into it because one I wanted to do and then I just developed an interest in another and then I developed an interest in another and then I developed an interest in another. So yeah, I kind of just fell into it. Um, Another thing that I would recommend is, you know, so script anatomy, writing in different formats and different styles. Look up screenplays. There are screenplays online. There are television scripts Chewing gum her screenplay I, uh, is it Michaela Cole I always forget her how to pronounce her name from she she wrote the screenplay for chewing gum yeah uh, I think yeah and then the last thing she did was for HB was it for HBO yeah it was for it HBO, was HBO because, um, yeah I may destroy look. you yeah I may destroy you yeah. she she is easily one of my faves one of my faves um if you follow most tv shows nowadays they do like a snippet like a clip and I love Pea Valley because P-Valley, they do that as well, where they show the scene and down below they have the script and you can follow along with the script. So it's like little bite-sized learning material. Those are my fave. Like uh, P-Valley does it, Grownish, and I've seen it for a couple other shows as well. But those are the two that I kind of tend to follow the most because, again, I love P-Valley. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that it's like little bite-sized nuggets to take with you. And I can't recommend that enough. As someone who started by reading poetry and I started journaling and then after journaling and writing poetry I started with short stories and then I moved on to novellas novelettes and now I'm in long novels like it's a marathon (laughs) y'all so yeah I I couldn't agree more with your advice like like you said it is a muscle like Honestly, the human brain is the strongest muscle in your body. Um, so yeah, exercise it. <laughs> and yeah, definitely just when people say if you want to be a great writer, you have to read, it's like, yeah, you do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I I'm not as far off as I want to be, but then again, I am preparing to debut my novel. But so yeah, it's not I that far away. <laughs> Yeah, I haven't been able to read as quickly as I normally do. Mm-hmm. So it usually it takes me about two weeks to read a, a book that would normally take me like, what, two or three days to get through. Oh, I so say that all I'm the time. Reading. The 12-year-old me would be disgusted at how long it takes to read a book. <laughs> she would be downright disgusted with me because 12-year-old me was knocking out books like every 24, 48 hours. But 12 year old me and 39 year old me are completely different people. <laughs> <laughs> well, 39 year old you was writing too. So it's, it's yeah. you know, I like I think that 12 year old you would give you some grace. It's like, hey, I grew up to be a writer and that takes time. Sometimes I, can't read as much as I, sometimes I feel her over my shoulder like, ew, it took you 14 days to read this book. Who are you? And it's like, <laughs> hold on, but I wrote a book for somebody else to finish in, you know, whatever time they need. So like back up girl. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But yeah, I I hope you're right. I do need to practice more grace and y'all need to practice more grace too with yourselves, no matter where you are with your writing journey, you're on the journey. So remember that. (laughs) 
Yeah, so, I'm on book 39 for us books that I've read. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because I follow women who are like, I've read book 300 and whatever, whatever. And I'm like, how? <laughs> I follow YouTubers that yeah. do that. And they literally, I've seen their videos on how they do it. And I'm still asking how, how? <laughs> it's just, it blows my mind. Like they have yeah. full-time jobs too. And they still manage like, to like crush. Yeah, they still yeah, crush you know, it. It's like I have a full time job. Uh, I'm a wife. I'm a mom. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm a full time writer, basically, and then I got the promo stuff to go along with being an indie author. Well, they so, say yeah, if you like, publish one book a year, you're part. You're considered part time author. <laughs> so, I don't. I, I mean, I get it in a way, but I don't like it. <laughs> It's like, how dare you? Because we're doing so many other things and they still consider you a part-time author if you only publish one book a year. Oh my God. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I didn't mean to like rain on your parade, <laughs> but I uh, wanted to point that out because you said writer and I was like, yeah, as an author, if you publish one book a year, you are considered part-time. Whatever, I'm calling myself full-time. Anyway. <laughs> it's like, whatever, I do what I want. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, I'm here for it. Yeah. No, but um yeah, I mean it's a lot, but um I just I can't recommend enough, obviously. Relax, give yourself some grace. If you want to screenwrite plays, then go for it. Just go ahead and read them. You mm-hmm. can Google on you can go ahead and Google, you know, where can I read screenplays or something like that. And you know, or t- television pilots or something, you could download them and read them. Mm-hmm. And it'll give you an idea of like formatting. It'll give you an idea of like, you know, the constant flow, like how an A, B, C story works, you know, um, for a sitcom, how you can get the most out of a joke because you have to, you know, keep them laughing for 21 minutes and that's not easy. Yeah, those so, beats, you have to get also, the beats. I also, if you want to, it's like <laughs> read screenplays and also watch television. Yeah, I, when I was a TV writer, that was literally like our homework was mm-hmm. to watch television because one of the things that we were going to be doing was we were going to be sending a pilot and a spec to various uh, TV writing fellowships, mm-hmm. and um, a spec script is proof that you know how to um, write in another person's voice. Mm-hmm. So the spec script would have to be a, a specific. A list of half-hour comedies or hour-long dramas and you'd pick from one of those and you'd write um, a spec script as if you were a writer writing on this show. Mm-hmm. That They want to be able to see that you can write in the voice of the a specific show. Oh, so wow. you would also um, write a pilot, which was your own original idea, and that was just to show that you know how to write. So mm-hmm. um, I definitely recommend, you know, watching television, watching movies, and reading screenplays if that's something that you want to get into and i also cannot recommend script anatomy enough so you know google them check them out and um i know that they are i believe they offer um virtual classes so yeah especially now nowadays virtual is yeah virtual is still king so i i'm pretty sure you can find a lot of virtual classes that way too so yeah and they are virtual classes even before the pandemic so Mm -hmm. They probably just offer more now. Well, thank you again so much for joining me for today's episode of the Story Station podcast. Please remind people where they can find you on social media. If you have a website, feel free to share that as well. 
My website is being worked on at the moment. I try to do it by myself. I don't know what I was thinking. So <laughs> it's going to be, uh, I believe it's going to be up and running uh, by the beginning of October and I will mm -hmm. share it everywhere. Trust. <laughs> My name is Monique Fisher. You can find me at Twitter at at Fisher Mofine. That's M as in Mary, O as in Ocean, F as in Fish, Y as in Yo-Yo, N as in Nancy, E as in Elephant. That's at Fisher Mofine on Twitter. Uh, I believe it's at Mofine on Instagram. Mm -hmm. And I have no idea what my Facebook is because <laughs> I rarely go on there. <laughs> but um, yeah, wow. follow me on Twitter. I'll follow you on Twitter. <laughs> um, yeah. And what else? Uh, where there is smoke, there is fire. 15-year-long love story, epic love story, Black love between a reformed rake and a good girl. <laughs> we see their Not ups, reformed their rake. See, you play it, and I'm going to make that the title of this this playlist. Like, I'm going to make a title. Keep it up. <laughs> you know, like, reformed bad boy, good girl. There's trans representation. Trigger warnings include a difficult childbirth and cancer. Um, oh, infidelity. So mm -hmm. those are the trigger warnings. And um, yeah, uh, I really love writing this book. It comes out November 23rd. Uh, you can pre-order it. I will have the pre-order up on Monday when I do my cover reveal on social media. 15-year-long love story. Um, what happens after the HEA and how you keep the HEA going. So I loved writing this book and hopefully you all enjoy reading it. Okay. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you so much. I'm super excited. So you all be sure to go ahead and check out her on our social medias. Yeah. You guys can pre-order it after listening to this episode. Thank you so much. And thank you all for listening to another episode of the Story Station podcast. I'm Kay McGurry, host, and I will see you all next time. Bye. <laughs> Thank you. Mm -hmm.